don't know how we did it, but thank God we're here. Episode 7. We're here to teach today. Bridging the Gap, BTG, family, what's up? We back. Episode 7. Who the hot seven? Oh, KD, Trey, Trey seven now, right? KD seven, not even Trey five. We here, episode seven, season two, Bridging the Gap, live from Dubai. You know the introductions. I'm the youngin', I'm the young OG, Ryan Yates. Over here, that's the man of many aliases, <laughs> you know. Sometimes he's Blade, other days he's Shaft, you know, other days he's Joe Clark, Coach Carter. But for me, you know, that's that's JK, aka Jupac. You know, here almost on time. You know, how we doing, man? Blade, Shaft. <laughs> that's man, that's a big disparity. That's man. range. You got range, man. man. That's slander right there. Look, people don't know the cheese and cracker king or the <laughs> and the and the blade under the tongue king. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know. But we back, man. It's been a hell of a, 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 was a week, two weeks. I don't know. It felt like all one day. Hell of a term. Three months. Man. Four months. We started with August 31st was our first uh, our first practice. Yeah. We've been rocking and rolling since, man. Rocking. Non nonstop. Rocking and rolling, right? <clears throat> As you guys know, we're here in Dubai with our Hoop Mountain Dubai brand, our basketball um, academy, our basketball culture that we're here to build. Um, in a very young and amazing country of UAE in the city of Dubai, who just celebrated their 50th year as a country. Um, so let's start with, let's start with this <laughs> for good reason and an applause. Um, I've said to many people, uh, you won't see me back. <laughs> I am, I am, the UAE will be home for a lot of reasons. I, I, I remember talking to family and I was like, ah, this is not what we were told the Middle East was. And it, it feels like it's kind of like the gold rush, you know, when everybody in America was trying to get to Cali and get to the West Coast as soon as they heard about gold. Right. But some came too late, but some were there just in time. And I feel like we had like the perfect timing here in Dubai. I, I could have been, I've been okay with 10 years earlier though. 10 years earlier for sure. It would change like, everything. There's some people operating around here right now that just lucky they got here. For yeah. Ass backwards. <laughs> people here crazy messing stuff up. But we are here and we love it. Um, <clears throat> 50 years, King. Like you think about how young that is. Like my mom is older than the UAE. Man, I'm thinking about approaching 50 now. <laughs> right? And you talk about like the technology, the systems, the, the government systems, you know, um, the education of people that are you know, growing, um, how they've been able to matriculate and blend cultures while preserving their own. It's masterful, man. Like, and not money don't just like I saw Steve Harvey say that you can't just have money. Like money not when we learn this being here, and we'll talk about this later. Money's not enough to be successful. Right, right. Like you gotta have more than just money. They got plenty of it, but they have more than just money to to make this, you know, sustainable. So I'm excited to see what the next 50 look like. 
<laughs> well, you tell me that you've been around the world a few times. So when you first got here, what were some of the things that kind of set you back? Like, wow, what? How? Mm, man, fresh off the plane, man. Just the uh, cleanliness of everything. We're talking about being in the heart of the city and everything's clean. And I, I would, I'm say, I'm say, I can say this. I drop something. Eat it off the ground. And depending on what it is, <laughs> I wouldn't feel that bad if I took a bite out of it. Right. Yeah. And it's sand blowing everywhere. Like, all that, all that yeah. is different. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how we got these big, a million foot buildings built on on sand. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, just think about just everything in general. The, the palm and all that man-made yeah. islands. Yeah. yeah. Built on And this is not the sand that you use to make glass. Right. Like this sand is like like soft and riddled. Like it goes up and it comes down. Like <laughs> it's different. So, man, shout out to the UAE and their leaders. Um, you guys are amazing. We look forward to being here for the next long, fifty. Long time. You know, God willing. So, shout out to that. But like I said, like you said, it's been whew, who mountain man. <sighs> We've been putting so much in. So much, and we're starting to get things out of it. But, you know, just like everybody, you need a break at some point. You know, a physical break especially. Sometimes mentally you can never completely step away just because you control everything. Not yet, but physically we're there. Uh, emotionally. Oh, my goodness. Re I, the reason I say emotionally because uh, we put so much into it. We don't just, you know, we don't just go out there and roll the balls out and say, you know, Whoever gets it, they get it. You know, we make sure everybody gets a chance to, um, you know, be involved and 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 progress. So uh, that's taxing on you sometimes, man. Lord knows, Lord knows. And then you know, we care so much about them. Every hour we're spending away, we're also trying to create more opportunities. Right. You know, do some more creative things that they haven't seen or haven't been able to experience, and that have that has to happen through collaboration and. You know, that's not the most easy thing, <laughs> but we'll get into that. Um, but shout out to our Hoop HMD family, Hoop Mountain Dubai. I decided to represent today. Um, we actually just coming here right from the gym. So you know how that is, you know, leave one project, go to the next. Um, but let's jump right into it with our uh, NBA check-in. Interesting space right now. We're, we're at the space where we're about a quarter of the way through the season. Almost, you know, more trade rumors are going to start creeping up. Um, football season is about to end in the next, you know, four weeks between college and, and the NFL. So, you know, the drama is going to increase when all eyes are on the NBA. Right now, everybody can agree Steph is the MVP through the first quarter of the season. Um, well, there have been a few shockers out there as well. Uh, what, 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 what? You don't want to get no love to nobody? Man. No, I mean, just, yeah, if he's he's the bona fide MVP right now, who's second? Who's running? Who's KD. KD. And I'm only, I'm, I'm still thinking that, you know, what's interesting is I've been listening to the media talk about Brooklyn, talk about that situation. I mean, just a frenzy that's been around that situation, period. And if anybody else had their team at number one in the Eastern Conference, through all of that drama, through your second star being out of shape, coming off an injury to where they want to keep you in a minutes restriction, but you got that team number one 
in the East, you'll hear a whole lot more about what's going on over there in Brooklyn and for KD being the MVP. But as I say, you know, you got to be a media darling. Personally, I'm still going with KD winning the MVP over the year because you got that team with all that going around it. And I think they lost Joe Harris too. Yeah, Joe Harris out for a while, yeah. right? I mean, DeAndre Jordan's not playing that much. Blake Griffin's not playing that much either. So, you know, that's all on KD. Harden is looking, you know, oh, like he just... D's are with you guys, right? DeAndre Jordan? Is he? Oh, man, he hasn't he hasn't been playing with that either. <laughs> <laughs> he used to start. That. That's what it is. They traded him for a reason. We picked him up for no reason. And now, you know, but the good thing we got Dwight because Dwight playing solid. But, I, think, um, I, I think DeAndre's still serviceable, man. Yeah, yeah, somewhere else in China. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Maybe in the, in the playoffs he'll be useful. Yeah, using the right way, man. Yeah, whatever. But I will say, like, I, you were talking about MVP, so you don't think Steph is, you know, warranted of that? Oh, yeah. He's always going to be. For the first quarter. He's always going to be a conversation for him. Yeah, for the first 25. Yeah. yeah. You, who do you think anybody's been left out of that conversation? No, that's what I was asking you. I mean, for me, it's just him and KD. And Chris Paul? Mm, that is a dark horse. I mean, they're eighteen and four. They won. They won for a whole month. <laughs> <laughs> a whole month. Nobody said a word. Right. Who's who's at the head of that? And you think about the fact that they didn't offer um, Aiden the extension, right? Mm. And so typically, you don't get the best effort from somebody out of there. Sometimes, especially that young, he hasn't said a word. Just kept going. You know, well, real, I mean, but he's got. He's got some solid vets around him that maybe have told him just just ball up and you know what and take your bags elsewhere and get that get that bag. But that's what it is though, right? Having Chris Paul there to be like, nah, look, it's all right. I'm gonna make sure you just make sure you do your job. I'm gonna make sure I do mine, and we gonna go. Like that's different. That takes different because if anybody else is at the helm and at the front of that, are they still eighteen and four? I, I doubt it. Very after starting three and four or something like that. You know they they um they, one reason why they may be a little quiet over there is because of what's going on in front office. Word, yeah, word, word. You know, people, people don't want to bring any light to that. Yeah, it's interesting though. But I'm watching. I I do want to give some. I want to show some love to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I swear, I thought they were gonna be a laughing stock for a few years, man, for a few years at least. But they're playing well. You know, <laughs> they're they're flirting around between that five, six, seven seed for the playoffs, and they've been there consistently. And they've been beating some solid teams, right? And and what I like is that they're playing big and they're making it happen. So shout out to JB Bickerstaff over there. We love to see you making it happen out of a situation that... Out of a bad situation. Terrible. One of the worst in the league. <laughs> one of the worst in the league. Um, possible trades. That's one thing that's going to be interesting because I just saw an account, and I don't know if this is true or not because uh, Dame Lillard doesn't necessarily make these type of things happen publicly. But they're saying that Dame said he wants Ben Simmons in Portland. <laughs> um, my, I don't, my initial reaction is, Dame, just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Dame, just go. <laughs> but just let's let's just flirt with the idea of a Portland trade. Do do you go if let's say you're Daryl Morey and you're gonna listen? What do you ask for? What makes you move the needle? That that's my 
That's my question. They don't have anything. If you to get what you really want or what you should get for Ben Simmons, that means Dame's leaving. Got to. Yeah. I mean, and, and even if you add uh, Ben Simmons, it's not getting them over the hump. Man. Nothing's changing. Dame got to go. You know, Stephen A already talking about Dame to the Knicks, which, you know. <laughs> I tell you what, I I would rather see him there than Kemba, for real. When people, when Kemba was benched, everybody was shocked. I was like, he doesn't fit in with them. Yeah. 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 It's just people expecting, <clears throat> understanding the offensive prowess of Kimba, and then that's where the struggle was for the Knicks last year. They thought that, and I did too, that that would be a weapon that they'd be able to utilize. But talk about culture, yeah. right? We talked about trades last time. When somebody come in, they got to be able to fit the culture first because, you know, it might be a disconnect there. And, you know, Thibs, Thibs is who he is, and that culture is what they are. Like, you got to be able to be gritty and grind and figure it out. Yeah, there's no there's no changing, changing Tibbs. He's, he's got leeway to do whatever he wants, so you, either you fit in or you get out. And he don't care what the ownership say. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you think about, they paying him big dollars, right. and he sat him down. So it's whatever. Um, but if you, I'm looking at that, I'm not trading Ben Simmons for C.J. McCollum. That's not enough. <laughs> Not, not Norman Powell and C.J. McCollum. Not C.J. McCollum, Norman Powell, and Larry Nance. Like, those three aren't enough for me to make that trade if I'm Philly either. <laughs> like. I mean, but I mean, Philly's going to have to do something at some point, though. They got to dump him. I think everybody has to do something. I, I'm starting to look at the teams around the league, and everybody's starting to look like, all right, we wanted to hold out at first because we thought we could. But a lot of teams need to make some moves. You know, people were talking about possibly sending, and this would be crazy, sending Sabonis to Golden State for Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody. That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. And you know how, um, let's see what TJ thinks about that, right? Send him that. You know what TJ said about Wiseman not being reliable health-wise. True. And we see what – I just saw a picture recently of Zion looking like big uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog. He had a whole Jordan red piece on, <laughs> and he was looking like he was like six foot tall and six foot wide too. Like, it ain't looking right. So maybe James Wiseman could be that type of thing, even though him and Clay just played in their first G League game the other night. No, no. How was later? I ain't even paying no attention to it, man. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> they make me a little nervous over there, man. Yeah. But yeah. when people don't understand when Clay does with a mic back, to you. When Clay does come back, how is he gonna fit in? I mean, of course the people gotta fit around him, but how are the young guys gonna react to that? I wonder. You know, your minutes are gonna decrease. And he's gonna have some games where He's going to be inconsistent because he's trying to get his rhythm back. And you got to let him have it. <clears throat> yeah. And you got to let him work through that. We'll see. You know, Steve Curtis said something <clears throat> interesting. He said, um, and I know you would love to comment on this. He said, if you can't sustain your culture during the times where you're not at your highest, when you're not winning the most, then it's not really a culture. That is true. Yeah. So we'll see what that looks like. That is true. Yeah. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, one thing, and I, I wonder, want to hear your opinion on this, because Kyrie said, I'm not playing unless I get traded, right? 
And we all are looking like, well, where are you going to play at? <laughs> you got to get vaccinated everywhere. But hearing that and watching, you know, what's going on in Houston, I want to see John Wall in Brooklyn. I think that would be, that might that may put <clears throat> two or three years back on KD's career. Now he's just got to get, get up the floor. Yeah. Get up the floor. And, you know, John's going to push the ball. So, you know, a lot of times KD's going to get walk-up threes because he's going to put, because Wall's going to push the ball, suck the defense in, flip back to a seven-footer. <laughs> and, and what, and talk about what that does for Harden. Because Harden just talked about how he's been struggling trying to figure out how to balance the playmaker role right now in the scoring space. Yep, cause they, yeah, because with um, especially with Harris out and then Kyrie not being there, he he can't split. choose one. He's got to do everything. He can't split the load, yeah. right? And he's not in shape for it, right? Right. So you throw hard, you throw Jay Wall there, and BK too. Hmm, that'd be a nice fit. That's what I and it, I don't even care if John Wall is not John Wall that he was in um in DC. But if he's just 85% of that, which I think he is, I think he probably is about 95% of that. Yeah. Well, he didn't look bad last time he it stepped didn't. on the floor with Houston. It just it was just Houston. Yeah. So I'm throwing that out there. Let's <clears throat> let's find a way to get John Wall to Brooklyn and, and, and have some hooping. But but don't skip over the Kyrie part though. Where has has he mentioned a team that he wants to possibly go to? You know, you know, in all honesty, I think that um with, with the Kyrie situation and the Ben Simmons situation, because I had some people reach out and say, you know, you guys should say something more about this. And I was like, I really want to see what happens in All Star by All Star break. When they when they say we should comment more on it, what they like they want to see us really get it go in, see what we really think. No, they don't. They, I know that's what the people want. That's what they don't. Wow. We don't want to do it because how it may make us come off, but. It's almost time, but I, I told I was telling people that I think we're going to wait until All Star break because by that time, a decision will have to have been made for Ben, for him personally if he want to get paid, and then we'll see what's going to happen in Brooklyn because if there's not a trade going by then, then is he going to retire? Is he going to do what? Something else is going to happen because we're still in the first quarter, so I think I'm gonna take some time to get some more information. Well, there are teams that could potentially um, accommodate him. OKC? Okay, I mean, yeah, they need it. <laughs> but I mean, the Wizards got, Bill, Bill is vaccinated, is he? Nah, but it's DC. So he don't have to be vaccinated in DC, remember? We I mean, still got a, other places he can't play though. Nah, I think it's that, that's only like in Canada, but in like, that's why the rules are so crazy. Cause if, if you're traveling to New York, you can play. Mm. But e even then, all that stuff sounds crazy. But I'm like, let me let's just see what happens because eventually something's gonna have to gonna go. It's gonna be uh, forty games in. Are you gonna play? or Are you not gonna play? Right. And by the time that happens, we'll know and we'll have. You know, I appreciate him for standing on his ground, though. I mean, you know, he's saying that he's not gonna play. I appreciate yeah, that. I, I respect. I, res it. I respect him for that. The, <clears throat> you know, when when people say they want to really jump into it. You know, you have a strong opinion, and then people say you're hating or yeah. you don't understand because I, you know, I, you know how strongly I feel about the attack that mm -hmm. Stephen A. Smith got, mm -hmm. and people, 
people fail to realize Stephen A. Smith has been on Kyrie's neck for two years. Not this is way before the vaccination stuff. It's just some of the other antics, you know, and it's not that he's attacking him personally, whatever. He's just talking about what you see in terms of what you're doing to your team. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, yeah. <clears throat> you know, what t what general manager is going to trust him? Yeah. But that's why I want to wait a little bit before we go into that. Because, you know, we we don't ever say anything without having some information. True. Right? Anything we talk about in basketball here, because we know what we're talking about, or somebody that knows more than us taught us. Right? So we're going to sit on that. We'll see about Kyrie. But I want to see Jay Wall out there and BK and get it popping. Cause that'll be that'll be prime time. I think that'll shift some things up, and it'll be fun to see, you know, that guy Wall back on the court doing his thing. You know, if you know, you know, <laughs> if you know, you know. But uh, today's episode, we're gonna we're gonna stare it a little bit different. Um, as you guys know, when we talk about bridging the gap, it's a it's a platform and and it's a phrase that really gives us a wide range of ability to talk. Um, between Coach and I, there's so much that we've experienced together and separately. And, you know, just a generational difference, too, for a perspective um, that allows us to give you an inside look um, of what it looks like to get some game from your OG. Um, and that doesn't just stay on the basketball court. That goes to personal life. That goes to business. Um, and, you know, for right now, Coach and I, we're about – two and a half, almost three years in to an international business endeavor um, that has taught us a lot, that has tested us a lot. And often we hear, especially in social media, you know, I, back in the day they probably had them in like those little uh, um, conventions and conferences where you can come hear somebody who is a um, world-renowned marketer or whatever, and everybody pays $100 to go sit Still in the hotel yeah, Still got and learn from them. And right now on social media, you got guys like uh, Gary Vee or these really, really, really high-profile guys on Instagram or whatever telling you how businesses go. You know, a lot of the language is academic. A lot of it you can't necessarily relate to. And some of even the goals and spaces of things are in, it's not really the same. We're going to talk about business today. And we're going to talk about it the way we understand it. The way we'll be able to understand it on layman terms, right? And from a perspective of getting rich is not the goal, right? Business for us is not about being super rich. You know, that's the cause is different. One of the effects is the money. Right. But the number one thing for us is autonomy and control over our time, because we believe time is more important than money. Coach came to that realization years ago. Right. And that's something that I was able to learn through my lessons and things. So we're going to talk to you guys about building businesses based on our experiences how it's been with us, how we got to this point and not from a space to where, Hey, if you want to make a million dollars today, this is how you do it. <laughs> or if you want 1 million followers and learn how to brand it, this is how you do it. We ain't doing none of that shit. We're going to keep it real. We're going to tell you about what hurts and how you had to get to that space and everything. Um, so man, Oh gee, I'll let you go first. Just talking about, um, just, your past experiences from the beginning 
with building businesses, period. And how you got to this point now to where, you know, you're still doing it, but where it started at. Um, and, and then tell the honest truth, because really, like, when I get on social media and I see people talking, there's people talking fluff hours and stuff, and they going in depth about nonsense. So we got to be able to filter and balance it out for somebody, even if we only get five people that like it. First and foremost, um, you know, most people that do know me uh, know when I start talking about stuff that I'm really passionate about, um, I'm going to be real fr upfront and frank about it. And uh, my my first opportunity in terms of trying to build a business similar to this, um, it taught me a lot, um, negatively and positively. And um, let's just say this. I have learned that it is very, very difficult to go into business with something that you're passionate about and you're going to put 110% of all you have into it and you're going into business with somebody that you know. That, that is extremely difficult. You, I mean, it's a situation where you got to be extremely lucky to find somebody that <clears throat> is ultimately like you or it's a situation where you can push that person to the side and carry on without losing that person and, and continuing your dream too. But, uh, you know, I had a lot of issues with people kind of in that mode where that's my guy. Hmm. That's my guy. You know, we good. You know, knowing that we got a deadline to meet by Friday or knowing that we got to put in an extra five hours one night and, and pull an all nighter. You know, and they not currently invest. That's my guy. We'll be all right. You know, and and, and that's the stuff that is hard to uh, to di digest and um, you know, and, and and move on from in terms of you know building your relationship and business with somebody at the same time. And I vowed that I would never do that again. And then here I am. What and what capacity though? Um, when you say somebody you know, because you know, even when I think about that, when I think about it in retrospect. The people that I thought I knew, I ain't really know them the way that, you know, I know them now after I see the real them. You know what I'm saying? Well, it both. Was it like friends, family? Family members and friends. Mm. I've had both. And trust me, just because somebody's got the same blood flowing through their veins doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Because um, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. They have to do what's best for them. And um, you'll catch yourself a lot of times being dragged down by trying to look out for somebody who isn't trying to achieve the same goals you are right. or, or willing to put forth the same sacrifice, you know, and friends, you know, you, you know, you guys have an idea together and you guys are in the same industry and, you know, it could really pop off because you guys know each other, you're friends and you're good at what you do. Building a business is so much more difficult than, these people like that you you know talk about on the social media mm -hmm. platforms and stuff like that, like half that stuff is BS. Mm -hmm. It's anything that's that easy to achieve. Mm -hmm. It ain't real. Right. It ain't real. Let's give let's give them some like specifics, right? Like like what type of stuff? Because you know we talk we talk about scouting reports, right? Right. Right now we kind of giving out the bas the, the business scouting report from from our perspective. Like what type of things happen to you? that you're like, man, I should have paid attention to that habit before because it cost me so-and-so thousands of dollars well, or blah, 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 just so people can kind of see patterns and behavior. 
All right. Well, first, let me say um, <clears throat> certain things that may have occurred, I let occur because of a friendship. Right. Like when you, you're, in, you're in business with somebody, you're going into business with somebody, mm-hmm. we all know everything should be in writing. Mm. Everything should be looked over by counsel, legal counsel, everything. But when it's your friend, your family, you're so enthusiastic about starting the business that you skip all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's when it becomes dangerous. Mm-hmm. Because once you're in it and you sacrifice so much of your, your personal time, your finances, um, your experience, um, your relationships, you know, you're in it. Yeah. You know, you get to a certain point where there's no, there's no return. You know, you, you talk about you being here in Dubai. You're almost three years in now. All the work you put in now, you ain't about to give it to somebody else. Man, man. And oh man, how that goes. So you just said something important. Legal, having things written in contract and you know scoured over right by somebody who's you know who's in that industry, who knows the ins and outs and can explain it to you in layman terms. Friend or family. Yes. Like that's one of the that's a lesson learned right there. Young cats getting into anything. Um, you know, at the beginning, you got to do some things off the word, but you got to have your limit. It's, it's to a certain point, you'd be like, nah, right? We reached that point now where we're not going no further until we got this written in contract. I don't care if you haven't made a dime, right? We haven't made a dime from this podcast. Coach and I got an understanding and everything. But when we start to go into other things going, contracts. He puts up his contract. He has his own lawyer. I'll put mine up and have my own. And that's my family. Right. Right. But that's just understood right there. So everybody's protected because, and we got the same motivations right now, but let's say, what was your motivation behind starting your business or that very first business? What was your inspiration and motivation behind it? Making a, being able to make a, a living, a good living, being my own boss, and making a difference in someone's life, right? Because it's something like we're doing now. Um, and this was working with, you know, uh, young men and women in terms of mentoring them, coaching them, and, and you know, helping them, you know, move on through life. And, um, you know, like I said, being able to do that at your own pace, mm-hmm. that's what I, I strive for. Now, and, um, you say that, right? That was your motivation. Right. But what you don't know is what your partner's motivation was. And eventually it's going to come out when you're not making any money at first, because it'll probably be three to five years before you start making some money you can keep, right? right? Things ain't going well. And even though we're business owners, technically, we got to take up, we got to chalk it up to the game a lot of times and just roll with the punches. Then you start to see what somebody else's motivation really is. Oh, you thought this was going to be a quick lick. Right. You thought this is just going to be some money that you can run up quick and go trick it off later while you eat sandwiches for this cover to what you making you making your lunch right you're taking a few extra kids home at night just to stay after and you see the difference now yeah. i equate it to like um coaching mm-hmm. a lot of people think that uh you know being on the sideline and being in that chair far to the left um is a glamorous spot and everybody wants to be there in that suit in front of the crowd and you know, and, and, and you're the focal point of, 
of what's going on outside of the five players on the court. They have no idea the work that goes into getting to that spot and keeping that spot. And that's what, you know, growing a small business is like. There's a lot of hours that's going to be, you know, put in behind the scenes that that people just don't know, don't understand. The stuff that we do now, you know, our, you know, some of our families are amazed that we take care of everything on ground, two of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and and we have a pretty we have a pretty big operation considering we just started um, in a pandemic, and <laughs> it's just two of us. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's it, right? And then I now have the bright idea to start a whole other thing on the side and drag you into that, right? But now you said that was your first experience. Yeah, it was a, a similar basketball type of thing. Um, where around what age was that? Um, I'd say. <clears throat> My late twenties, right, and you were still you were still hooping too, still professional. That was the main in- right. source of income, right? <laughs> um, right. And, and you know, the, and and just to be straight up, you know, I wasn't I wasn't in the first league, uh, China, mm-hmm. you know, top league in Italy or Spain. You know, I'm I'm playing overseas. I'm not making. I'm not killing it. Yeah. You know, so so everything that I spend, I I feel it. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. You might be like. Um, you know, like a, a little bit above a teacher's salary. Yeah, yeah, right? I feel it. But you was getting it. So, yeah. and and just for some background info, what was your college major in? Because, you know, there's people that be like, I didn't go to school for for business, so I can't be a businessman. And we're going to come back to that later. Too. Funny, I started off at Temple in um, criminal justice. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to do Oh, something. you're a fed. <laughs> Good. Shut up, man. I told you, Shaft. I told you. <laughs> you know, always wanted to do something that like that. But I didn't know that the criminal justice department um, at Temple was um, a part of like their their bit, their law school. Oh yeah. Um, and <laughs> after I think my second class, I realized there was no way I was gonna pass that and, and play for John Cheney. There was, so I just I just did the best thing. I just got up out of it. I dropped that joint quick. Uh, yeah. um, and then I switched to sports management. Mm-hmm. Went through that. Um, then I transferred to Coppin State, and the year I transferred to Coppin State, they phased that program out. So Coach I'm management. Yep. So I'm I'm sitting there with uh, <clears throat> I'm going to be a junior because I you know I sat out a year, and I only needed like I think like 15 credits to graduate. Oh, that's low. That's like so, one so then, so then I could have got my yeah. And then I got could have got my master's while I was there. So they phased it out. The only way for me to take it then was for me to take it um at Towson. Oh. And um, so I just need to drive there every day. You know, it was, it was it was easy. Fang was having that. Yeah. He shut that down quick. So <clears throat> I switched to criminal justice, man, and um, I got my degree, you know, yeah. from, from cop in criminal justice. And here I am. Um, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm no, I didn't go to school for business, but I'm sharp enough to know uh, how to get through. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. That's what that taught you. So first time that don't go right, go right. Mid to late 20s. Right. Same type of thing. You learned your lesson legally. The things need to be in writing. You can't trust those close to you. Did that kill your entrepreneur spirit? Or does that like just make you more hesitant and understanding? Like, because you, you get into it again. And I want you to kind of tell me, like, what's your mindset after that and then how do you get into another entrepreneur it, it doesn't place? it didn't kill my spirit or anything it did make me hesitant mm. and it made me say i will only do this 
if I'm by myself. If I'm one, that way I, I know if something happens, it's on me. Mm. If I have to depend on someone else, I'm not doing it. Mm. And, um, you know, I was a part of something else, um, you know, a different type, same industry, but different structure. Um, still helping young men and women and um, coaching and mentoring and things like that. And when you have one idea, someone else has two, three ideas and they're all over the place. You know, it's hard to move forward as a unit if, you know, if you're scattered everywhere. You know, we got to be laser focused on something, get something going positively and then we can branch off and do some other things when we have a somewhat of a safety net. But if we, you know, we get to a certain point where we we're raising the company up and all of a sudden we just start doing, we start moving too fast, you know, knowing that we're not big fish in the pond anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to start slow and just don't work, man. Mm -hmm. You know, you get on to me all the time about, come on coach, man, we got, I'd be like, nah, listen, yeah. if I can't see it, yeah. I ain't doing it. Yeah. Well, so, Two things I hear there, right? One thing I hear is you saying, nah, I'm not doing it unless I'm by myself, right? Now, you say that at first, but we all know we can't do anything by ourselves, right? So what lesson do you end up learning later about, like, shit, like, I know I know, I can count on myself, and even though I want to do it all by myself, I ain't going to be able to sustain it that way, like, where do you, what do you come? What conclusion do you come to there? Because we we from a basketball culture, so we know better than you, that. well. So I, I learned that I did need people. I need to delegate um, responsibilities and roles, mm -hmm. um, but I also became better at uh, judging you know people's character, work ethic, and and um, you know and their ideas and goals and, and their mindset. And I and I became I was always an asshole. Some people <laughs> say, hell yeah but I became better at managing both sides of my personality. You know, the work side where I'm gonna push you, push you, push you, but also, you know, my personal side where, you know, I'm gonna befriend you, support you, encourage you, things like that. And so I'm, I've been doing a real good job, I think, um, of getting people to trust me, believe in me, and wanna work with me. Mm -hmm. and, and seeing that the only reason I might Spaz out, spaz out on them one day for, you know, not doing something right or putting forth their best effort is because they know that I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so now I kind of, I'm kind of in a situation where now, you know, I'll say, if you're supposed to be my friend, I can say whatever I want to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're supposed to, you know, I, I, can't, I can't agree with you all the time. And that's cool. Yeah. And, so, um, so we talked about their first business experiment or, um, the entrepreneur example taught you, I got to keep my friends there and I got to keep my business here. I got to keep things legally structured so we know. And then the second one taught you how if everybody's not in the same lane on the same vision and we can't come to a common agreement, it's going to shatter eventually anyway if the foundation is not there. Right. But but like what what's the turning point? Right, like what happens and it gets to you where you be like, nah, this this it. Um, as I've told you many times, when it gets to a point where the sacrifice goes beyond you and affects your family, your household, your loved ones, then you got to pull back. What does that mean, though? Because you know, like, <laughs> say you're married, uh huh, and you're you're starting a business with somebody, and 
and you know it going in that it's a lot of sacrifice because being able to put everything you have into this business <clears throat> may take away from your family time, um, may take away from your stable nine to five. And, you know, you're taking a big risk. Mm. And so there's always, there's already going to be stress. Mm. That's just, that's just a part of it. Mm. But if it gets to the point where your stress is filtering into your home and mm. you're not seeing any growth over a certain period of time mm -hmm. and you're bringing unnecessary burden right. to your loved ones, you got to make a decision. Mm. That's why you see coaches step down from big time programs sometimes because, you know, it's what's, what's more important to you, right? Your career or your right. family. Right. All right. So, so up to this point, right. First business doesn't go well. Learn your lesson. Cert second attempt doesn't go well. Learn your lesson. How much money do you think you lost between those two ventures? Mm. Probably just straight up cash in and, um, basically like sweat equity, maybe about 30. Right. And that's with you having a job, right? right? Right. And so that's 30K of your own money outside of what you pay for your everyday needs, your bills, your whip, your life, yeah. and taking care of family. And there's an extra 30 that you had put in that brought you nothing back. Right. Right. And people and some yeah. people say, well, I ain't nothing, but that that's twenty years ago. Twenty and then it's your it's your money that you yeah. worked hard for that yeah. that you could have would you rather lose your money or spend it on yourself? Yes. I'd rather be in the Bahamas. Right. You know what I mean? And, so, and then we don't come from we're not inherent inheritance. Yeah. We don't come from inheritance. Yeah. We don't come for anything being passed down. So my thirty K that I lose or my ten K that I lose Let's say that might be me saving 10K out of making 27K that year yeah. to invest in something that brought me zero back but headache. You know, when I talked about the sweat, sweat equity part, you think about um, the time that I, my case, in, for example, the time that I put in based on my experience, the hours, okay, and the relationships. You know, I know everybody. So whatever we need, I'm, I know somebody, knows somebody can give us a deal or, or help us get it done. That's valuable. Like people, the stuff that I was doing, we're talking about that's a $125,000 a year job. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it for nothing mm -hmm. with the hopes of, you know, one day just being able to be my own boss and make my own schedule. Yeah. So that's two, right? And so now, how many more attempts do you have after that? Like, <laughs> like five, six or whatever else? And maybe one more, maybe one more. One more before you get here. Yeah. Right. And then, <clears throat> and then we'll talk about, you know, shout out to script, how, you know, it, you got into this place where you're like, I'm just going to do things this way. Right. And how we go here. Yeah. Um, so you, you mentioned script. So um, Jonathan Scribner, you know, he owns um, a company in, in the DC area called Hoopad. And, um, you know, it started out as a basketball company. Then it, it morphed into basketball slash all sports and things like that. And uh, I started with him in, I think it was 2007, once he started it. And uh, uh, me and a couple other guys. And so I was one of the main coaches, and we started from the bottom. Mm -hmm. Basement. I mean, the bottom. And um, over the years, it started to grow. 
But the one thing that as it started to grow, I was always allowed to do my thing on the side because mm-hmm. he knew I wanted to coach. And so whenever I was free, I could come back and I jumped right into my leadership role. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm, you know, recruiting new coaches, you know, um, evaluating them, training them, you know, you know, camp director, program director, all that stuff. And um, I was just in a space where I was comfortable in that I could work hard, mm-hmm. but not as long and still have freedom to do right. my own thing, you know. And, and um, that's after you had already had that third attempt and yeah. it was no good, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I from that point on, um, before, for me, just kind of like just having a regular job, working with Scrib, and then coaching on the side and then, you know, doing my own private training, you know, I just came to the conclusion that I'm not going to go in with anybody. I'll just come in and be a high-paid hourly employee. Right. So that way I can just jet when I want. Right. So, and and that's an important um, uh, revelation, right? Because we hear so much about business and people being business owners and, you know, you got to have this, you got to have that. You know, God made everybody completely different. Mm-hmm. There are degrees onto where some people are here, some people are there, but it's supposed to be that way. We're different. Not everybody is built or is supposed to take those sacrifices and those risks. And as soon as you realize what's best for you, you allowed a lot more peace, right? A lot more peace. Because you, like you just said, and I remember you talking about, I always joke, you guys hear me joke about every time I call coach after I finished playing for him, he was somewhere else. Like he was just chilling, right? And that's him finding like, look, all right. I know how to hustle because, you know, the difference between here in America is coach had a full-time job and then he had a couple hustles on the side that'll get him to, you know, the hundred, whatever number that he says, I got to have this so I can have what I need, right? My vacation space and everybody that's out there that's hearing people say you got to have a job or you got to have a business or whatever else. No, you just got to maximize what you want and what you have and make it work within the space that you need to work without losing yourself. Right. right? And you, you hear that because not everybody can take three, three L's and then bounce back up and, and keep going. Cause that's a different test of adversity. Yeah, that's um just that versatility and survival instinct is that's just from basketball, man. That's that ain't number from hooping, man. Just, yeah, we tied all back to it. Yeah, that's just from hooping. Like you know, you know, going up against man. Yeah, but you've been, you know, you've been practicing zone all the time. But you adapt. You know, pulling up to different areas. Yeah, just that's hostile environment. Yeah, going, you know, going to other countries to play, mm-hmm. language barrier, different basketballs, different environment. I mean, it's just basketball, man. That that prepares you for anything. Yeah. That's why you see guys who who played um sports in in particular basketball. They if they have a strong personality and strong work work ethic, they're able to survive in almost any industry. Yeah. So to sum up, right, before we'll get into me, I'll break down a little bit. From those experiences, kind of one sum, like what were you able to learn in general? And then what were you able to learn about your strengths? Right? Because we, we talked about learning the you need legal advice, counseling, blah, blah, blah. But what were you able to understand about your strengths as a leader and a businessman and then overall? Strong personality. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, 
I 100% will control the room when mm -hmm. I walk in. That's just bottom line. You could have you could have gone to MIT, mm -hmm. but if this is my space, um, I can I can make it believable that I am a leader mm -hmm. and that you that you will you wouldn't mind following. That's just that's just me. And uh, I'm a people person. You know, I, you know I, anybody that's with me, whether they're at the bottom of the totem pole at the top, we're all you know you feel as though we're all equal. And I think that's that's one of my major strengths right there. Yeah. Now, what did you learn through that that kind of had to humble you? Like, what what happened to in those times? You know, that got you to where you are here, to where you realized that. Oh, damn. Moving too quick. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, once uh, and then funny, I just talked to Hashim about this earlier today. Mm -hmm. Staying humble and hungry. Oh um, man, yeah, I bet he <laughs> feeling himself. <laughs> um, just. Getting to a certain spot and thinking, oh, I made it. Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? I can relax a little bit. Or I can step outside the box a little bit and do something that I normally wouldn't do just yet. And one little thing goes wrong and you're back to square one. Mm. And you're, you're kicking yourself like, man, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I should have just waited. And so that's that's one of the things I learned. You know, that's why, you know, you and I probably bump heads all the time because I'm so cautious with things. Yeah. You know. But for good reason, right? So for my for my end, my entrepreneurial experiences were were very recent and were like within the, you know, same like maybe like four or five year timeline. And all of them were while I was in school. And so both of them had to do with the clothing industry apparel and it's funny because i look back at home now and everybody that's in the city got a clothing something and a lot of my people was like yo you were one of the first ones that i knew it's like 2012 13 14 and 15 right where i was trying to bump it off and get it going but but both of those times because even within you know the basketball time you coach thomas my uncle always said basketball wasn't your it wasn't your end all the be all you didn't have to only play there because you smart enough to do others just right? a vessel right and so i was my i had friends one of them who was really that was my like my brother that i met in college um he he had an idea he was creative about things and you know sometimes i see something creative and I can see the end of it. Like I can see where it starts and I can see where it can go. And it was my dog, like and, and me and my other bros were around and I, we were like, yo, and he was he didn't come back after freshman year of college. So I was like, yo, we still gonna support you. You don't have to be in school for us and not rock with you. We'll help you get this off the ground. Right, he's like, oh, for real? I was like, man, you, everybody, my, between my guys and everybody that I know, and you know this too, they know that like, when I'm gonna apply myself to something, I'm gonna really give it, give them all and we can take it somewhere, right? We can see something clear. So um, I remember, and we're just doing this off the humble, right? I was in school for business and, and economics um, for my first two years, but I ended up switching after my sophomore year. One, because after trying my own business attempts and then listening to certain people, I understood that there was a difference that some people can just make you into an employee to work for somebody else's business, right? But owning a business, you don't necessarily need anybody to teach you how to do that. You need to learn structure and organization right? more so than anything and managing money. 
So I just switched to what was going to get me out of school in time. <laughs> but it ended up being that I learned way more from those professors than I would in other space. So I was, I was communications um, and I still had a business minor and psychology minor, but all of those things ended up helping. So I, I was with my dog. We was working like I'm talking. We were doing photo shoots. I was I got my first credit card and I was using my credit card to, to buy a product and we were making things happen, being creative, throwing pool parties and pop up shops and all types of stuff. Right. And we was moving forward. And me still understanding that while I'm coming with the business acumen, it's still his. Right. But we haven't put anything in writing or anything like that. But what what ended up blowing us up is non-business stuff, right? And this is where I'm starting to I'm starting to learn that as a man, because that's what I'm dealing with, right? Working with other men, um, their principles and how they operate with you know their loved one, that's a woman or whatever else. It says a lot about how much you can trust their stability within business. And so we ended up, this is my, like I said, my brother, we ended up having a full fallout and I probably lost, and I'm talking about maybe I lost like four or $5,000 and I'm in, I'm in like junior year. That's a grip. And I, <laughs> like, I'm broke, That's right? That's a grip. Like I ain't even, I ain't even had a car yet. I know I had, I had just got a car and I had just bought a MacBook that I still got now. And my aunt always laughed to me because I had to write down exactly what I had to work while training to get it, right? And so we ended up not popping and I, ended up, he, I think he might've still been going through it, but our relationship was severed because, you know, at the time I didn't understand, but I started to grow and realize that I can't work with somebody that doesn't have the same morals and values as me as a man foundationally. But was it a, was there a situation where you ever could have um, intervened and, and it, possibly helped? I tried that though. That's what I think. Cause at first it's, that's my brother before anything. Right. That's my dog. And then when I when my it was, it was something big happened and I remember sitting and myself said something to him and then somebody his, his, um, his uh, uncle said something to him and we all saw his reaction to what we were saying. And it let us know that no matter what we said, he wasn't going to rock. He wasn't going to listen. And the same pattern was going to keep happening. So it hurt my heart. And then business on the other side, I learned the same thing you learn. You can't do business. With everybody, especially even if, even if you love them, right? Right. You learn that the hard way, and so boom, that's the first thing I learned. Right, lessons learned. You know, so I go into senior year of college, like, all right, we just gonna keep going, right? And then, you know, I come back to grad school and get things going, and I got another teammate who, man, he was killing it. He had blew his knee out in college, so he mm -hmm. went into fashion and stuff early, um, and actually he started before I started helping with my dog. Right. He showed me I used to go, you know, do some things with him, give him some opinion and stuff. Um, and he went and he did some things and he started to blow up. You know, he was doing some stuff with some rappers. He was making some things going, but he was doing everything by himself. Um, and he was still in our college town. So I went when I went back to grad school and I was going to be there. Like you said, basketball, it takes up so much of our time. So I don't have basketball anymore. The first time in my life I'm in school without hooping. <laughs> so tell me how much time you got left. So I'm like, you know, I talked to him. I'm like, yo, let me, I'm going to come in with you. You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to work with you to do this. So, you know, I said, he's like, yeah, let's do it. Because you've been helping on behind the scenes anyway. Let's put our stuff together. And you control this. I control that. We'll go. Right? He had already built himself up a following. 
Um, and I had been there along the way and he had did a lot of work. So I was like, let's make it happen because I'm here now. Put I put money in again, you know, put a plan together again. We had a plan together. We were we were going to Miami to go to conferences. We were sending stuff here. I was getting out of my comfort zone with things, we having pop-up shots, putting our money in, like putting in a grip of money, right? Like I'm planning my life, my next five to seven years around how our company is going to be built. Right. And just before finishing grad school, it was probably four months before my last class in December and five months before I said I was going to move to L.A. for it. We had some issues. Right. You know, um, sometimes and I think we hear a lot of a lot of people don't understand the idea of ownership. I can own two percent of something and still be an owner. Right. 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 Um, and that's just based on my investment. Right. So if I put 10,000 in to initially start, even though you've already gotten here, my 10,000 gives me some type of ownership. Or, or some people don't know what you bring to the table. That too. I mean, it could be just your experience. Right. You know, just you right. Know, however you contribute in a positive manner to the company. Right. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I got the last say on everything because even some owners, they got different levels on the board. Right. And so there was a misunderstanding with it. And I would say that I put maybe another eight to 10 of my own money into that. Right. Um, you know, there was some, some, some ego things that was going on and, and, um, some, some differences that were happening. Um, and he had been around like a lot of other stuff that was going on. And again, one of the main things that made our relationships ever was an understanding of um, how you're taking care of things outside of business. It trickled in to business and started to affect, like you said, don't let your business affect your home. But when your home starts to affect your business, right, that's another issue. Right. And so through all of that, I lost another, you know, whatever amount of money. Um, and I remember going to my cousin and I was like, you know, shout out to, to Ryan Dorsey who's opening up, uh, I believe, the Winston in Philly. He already has recess and Dos Tacos, Big Dog. And I remember telling him, I was like, yo, like, he's been there because every time I had an idea, I went to him later, right? And people didn't know I had him in my back pocket giving me advice. And I never was going to tell anybody that I had somebody like that until it got to a time. But he was like, man, for that 15K that you lost, what you learn, some kids never get from 150K at Harvard. That's true. Right? And so that started putting money in a different perspective for me. So I was like, all right. Hmm. But now I learned that I can't do business with, with somebody that doesn't have the same moral complex as me. As a man, just the bottom, like, there's some things that integrity-wise, respect-wise, honesty-wise, the way you treat women, <laughs> the way you treat things, like all of those things, they're really going to play a role in how we do business and how you're going to relate with people. And then the other part was um, me understanding, too, that even though I had ideas, I would have to delegate. And to be able to like, you know, step in, it's like servant leadership. At points, I'm a lead. At other points, I'm a follow, right? And you got to let that happen, right? Don't get out of here. I don't know about that follow Man. part. Come on. All I do is follow you with the Who Mountain stuff. I don't, I don't say nothing. That's all I do. What you want, big guy? I got it. But the, that's, what, that's what my space was. Like, I, I had a good understanding of, of visions and putting together creative things and making those things work. And that was working, but I had to learn those hard lessons of you can't trust everybody, you know, like 
You got to watch how you build relationships and who you're building relationships with. Some people that are only looking to assist you because of the allure they think is with your company or what could potentially be there. Um, networking across and not up. Sometimes when we talk about you're at the bottom and you want to get to, let's say, we want to get to be on NBC, CNN, ABC, but we don't have that type of, you know, program right now. So we just got to work with the people who are on the same level right. as us, who can sacrifice the same amount of things, and we'll get up there together. But what only keeps you going that way is having a solid plan. Having a solid plan, having a solid mission and vision so you have those bumpers like they do in the bowling alley so that whenever you're rolling too far to the left, instead of getting a gutter, you just get knocked back in. Right. Right? And so now I'm I'm operating like that. I'm also operating thinking that, just like you, I learned where my limit was for working for somebody. Right? Like being in grad school where everybody was 20 years my senior, my professors were too being pushed to go get a PhD and then seeing what the, that circle was like of people and where people were, you know, these are smart people and being in those rooms and being like, man, hell no. Nah. <laughs> right. So that starts to push me to write labels don't mean anything to me anymore. Cause some people got them. and don't mean anything. Right. Right. What people call intelligence. Yeah. That's here, there, that's different. And so now I'm not willing to just get behind and follow anybody anymore because people were more willing to follow me and I don't have anything right. and I'm just young. So I don't feel as good about giving away my next 10 years of my prime to some company just to be doing it. I looked up and, I, and I'm sour about it. So now the money looks different. So I, that's when I was like, all right, I'm gonna go to Philly. I'm gonna learn how to run businesses under my cousin and I'm gonna just sacrifice for this next four or five years because it wasn't a dollar amount that could make me happy anymore. It was the control and autonomy yep. that was the mission, right? So that's how I get there. But let's talk about what type of PTSD you get from those lessons. <laughs> what, what what does that do to you now as you move forward? It it instantly causes me to overreact sometimes the moment something jars my memory. <laughs> like I'm sure you've seen that. Like I will snap in a minute on anybody if I if if something's going down and I'm giving you some advice based on my experience and you you want to continuously go down the same road and it's affecting all of us. Man, I I'll choke you. And that's the hardest part, right? Yeah. To where it's like you know from experience as a coach that you don't want to just come off being like, yo, especially now we're working with peers, adults. Yo, just shut up and listen. I've already been through this. Right. To where you got to, like, you know, respectfully, because that's how you want to be talked to. You, be like, look, man, like, I'm telling you because I know, but you got to trust me. And that's the thing. We, Coach King is one of the most genuine people I know ever, no matter what, right? And I feel like I'm, I have that same, you know, those same characteristics. But what people don't know is that they don't know how genuine we are, right? They don't know that. And nine times out of 10, seven times out of 10, they didn't have interaction with somebody that gave the, gave them the same type of adverse reaction that we have now. So now we got to battle those things too, because we all got some type of PTSD from somebody messing us over. But it hurts us even more because it's like, 
I'm having to give you so much just to tell you to believe me. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Right? And so that's the same thing I deal with, like trying to figure it out. And then the other half of, of me is like, I, th I think I've always been told, yo, you'll be fine, man. Like I've always told like, yo, you, you, you good, you young, you good, you smart, you got this and that going for you, you good, right? And by the grace of the God, like, I don't know how I am where I am. Well, God is the reason why I am where I am at this place. Cause you know, let's, I'm not ever gonna lie. I don't have shit. <laughs> I'm not rolling in no money nowhere. This ain't like monetarily. I got family. I got people that love me. And, and those are the things that keep me from falling off and getting too materialistic or worldly about stuff because I spend enough time like, all right, I can't let a dollar amount, you know, um, dictate how people should see me, right? Still don't make it any easier looking into my account and I'm like, yo, like I put in too much work not to have this, but the only reason I can keep going is because I know that my foundation as a man, who I am, is more than what money well, is. Yeah, it's a big difference in being upset over not having um, enough finances to have the lavish thing. Yeah. It's it's okay to be frustrated when you don't have enough finances in terms of take care of basic daily living. That's, yeah. that's different, you know. Yeah. And even in that capacity, I always put it in perspective like this, because I've been in some I've been some places that were really bad. Mm. And I said, hmm. Yeah, it can on, be weird. on my bat on my worst day. Yeah. There's somebody out there ten times worse. Listen, my mom said it all the time. Thank God I don't look like what I've been through. Right. <laughs> right? right? So like like even with that being said, I know just relative to what I see and what feels like is right for me, I feel like there's more coming. Right. It's just that it's just so frustrating hearing. Yeah, you, you know, the man that you are is not, a, you know, a dollar amount can't get there, blah, blah, blah. And then whether it's true or not, you see people out here all the time that's, you know, doing some wild things to get their bread. They messing people over, whatever, and they got it. Even though, you know, we learned this lesson early, you don't want to count or watch anybody's pockets because you never know what they did to get that money and right. what is going on with them at home. Because no matter what happens with Business King, we sleep well at night. Oh, for sure. Knowing we haven't messed anybody over, right. knowing nobody's going to be like, yo, those jerks did this to us, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So I, I take peace in that. But one, it's, it's so scary thinking that like, what if this don't work? Or what if it don't bring in something? And then I'm like, well, I want to have a, I want to do this, I want to do that. And like, where I can, where I'm going to go? You know what I'm saying? If you, um, <clears throat> if you think back to when you were inquiring about the decision to go play mm -hmm. or stay and finish grad school, you know, and I said it's a no-brainer. Because by doing the early work, as we say, mm -hmm. you know, keep somebody out the paint, right. Um, right. you put yourself in a position where you have a sort of a parachute right now. Yeah. Um, because being a former basketball player, being one of the leaders on the team, being one of the leaders on campus, um, being one of the leaders in the community, doing the early work with your academics and stuff, you have a safety net. Mm -hmm. You can, We can yeah. drop you anywhere. You can do your thing and be yeah. okay. You know, you may not be, you may not, not reach the pinnacle of your goals, but trust me, you'll be above, uh, above average for sure. Yeah. And 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 that's one of the things that where I was able to recognize too is you you can't stepping into the business space 
And, you know, I, I think after you hear what I'm going to say, you're going to go take it a little bit further. You really got to understand who you are, right? Like, because you're going to feel, you know, Nipsey's right here for a reason because he said, you know, going through what I went through, I felt every single emotion there is to feel before getting to my end goal. And, and as basketball players, because we always tie this back to basketball. With basketball, you feel those 30-point losses. You feel those buzzer-beater losses. Yep. You feel those days where you practice all day to get something and maybe you twisted your ankle, you couldn't play that day, and there was a scout coming. You felt all type of different uh, moments of adversity to where they tested you and you had to bounce back from that, right? It's different in life because some of those times may set you back <laughs> a few years, right? Yeah. Right? But you, in the midst of that, you just can't lose yourself because that's when it all changed. Like, you can't go in there as a business owner and that is your identity. Right. Right? That can't be, that can't be it. Because if it is, if that's where you're drawing all of your energy to and that's where you lying at and it's like, that's who I am, when that shit fall, what, what's next? If that don't work, then, then what's next for you? Yeah, if you can't pivot, you're in the wrong game, man. Man, for sure. In the wrong game. And and now that we get there, right, before we talk about Hoop Mountain and Dubai, everything that we just talked about, basketball led us here, right? And, and we use basketball all the time because that's our metaphor for life. That's what we went through. But for you, when you think about the businesses, the failed friendships, the failed partnerships, um, the losing of money. And you can look at it now clearly. How is basketball and your experience with it and where you took it helped you get ready for that or helped you experience it or helped you dissect it and digest it? It's just, it's just an escape for me because I know that no matter what I encounter, um, I can always survive. Hmm. Just because, you know, you talk about those emotions. I've experienced every emotion when it comes to basketball. Hmm. The highs, the lows. And from what I've learned, there's nothing I haven't seen. Or there's nothing that I can encounter today, tomorrow, that is going to put me in a space where I feel there's no hope. Hmm. I always, I, there's always going to be a way to, to adjust. Hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. You know, I may not like what I what I have to do for a certain period of time, but I'll be able to get myself, you know, in a better space. And 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 in the mode mode that I do that, I can still be proud of who I am. Yeah. And 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 confident as a man. The interesting thing for you is you felt it on the coach side and the player side. And that's two different feelings. Right. Because as a coach, you don't have any control of what happens on the court physically. You're just relaying the message and hoping that it translates and everybody gets in. Right. But And you're a, a player first. So we're talking about those players that became coaches and those players that could go, right? Those players that had the ball in the hand and where if the momentum was shifting in the game, I can shift it. I can steer the ship back around. So now you know how it feels to be a player and, you know, carry the weight of teams winning losses. And you were like, all right, I can take that because I was out there and I did it. But now as a coach, you know how I was like, I'm trying to lead these guys 
I'm trying to tell them I've been there already. I've seen that, Paul, <laughs> the same way you say you did it in business. Just listen to me. And you just got to hope that they do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why a coach's job is so hard, man. You know, you got these, Mon- what do they call it, Monday, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Monday quarterbacks or something like that. Always got something to say. Being a coach is extremely difficult. You got to know, know personalities. You got to be able to manage them. It's, it's just you got to be able to mesh them and you got to be able to, you know, to build them. Mm-hmm. And that's just tough, man. And like you said, you're completely out of control. <laughs> Once <laughs> you can you can try to build culture, um, you know, lead by example, by, you know, making sure that everything that you talk about, everything that you're preaching, that you're doing yourself. At the end of the day. You don't know what's going to happen. Mm, man. And that's the thing with business, right? Our success is completely contingent on other people. Currently. Currently. Well, it's getting, it's it's turning around a little bit where yeah. it's more on us. But yeah. Um, well, let me say this way. We've done the work on our end and we know what we're going to bring. Now we just need kind of the stars to align, right? The same way a championship does, team does to where it's like, all right, everybody's starting to understand the message and trust the system. And now we can start getting more and more in. And to where some of those times it's like, you know, we talk all the time. You just like, if they just, mm, yeah, we, we got it. Just one step at a time, right? Because some people can't see past, the, past tomorrow. So, I mean, basketball for me helped me with being able to um, be accountable. So, you know, everybody was, was, was is not everybody's not capable of being in the forefront of a win and a loss. It's one thing to be sitting in the camera and and talking when your team has won and it was because of you. It's another thing to be there when your team had expectations to win a championship or win the first ever conference title or win whatever else and you fall short and you're at the core of that, right? And being able to take that when you got to do it in the community, um, when things may happen that you can't control and then you got to galvanize your troops, right? And you got to be the one that's loving, like being able to sit on both sides of that. Like, as soon as you said that, I thought about Dame Dash. Man, listen, <laughs> <laughs> Dame, man, too far in the forefront, right? But but just to be able to say like, all right, I know where we going to go and, you know, my troops going to rally around me Right. And I know my strengths and my weaknesses and I know where we can go. And if we lose, because I know if we lose, they can't take the same type of backlash from the community that I can take. So I'm going to take it all and I'm just going to go back to the drawing board and I'm going to make something and get something together for us to go. Or I'm going to put in some extra time in the side. Right. So that helps with, with this here when, you know, I see something when something is not what we thought it was going to be. And you looking like, oh, this, this, blah, 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 and rock. And I'm like, but OG, I see where we can take it. If I can do a little bit of this on the side, this can give us some extra. But being able to understand that when you fall, that's not the end. You got to bounce back up. The one who can get up quick enough and rebuild themselves and move on to the next one is going to win instead of soaking in that turnover. And that missed shot, I don't give you airball that trade ball. If you get that next one that's open and you shot that shot a thousand times before, take it. 
shoot it, right? And so now that leads us to here in Dubai and our business with Hoop Mountain Dubai. Because we've even been hinting at it since the very first episode of how we'll talk more about that experience, especially for our folks at home. Because a lot of them are like, yo, y'all in Dubai, y'all chilling. The hell we are. <laughs> yeah. The hell we are. Yeah, it's it's hustle just like at the crib. Yeah. And 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 in more way, it actually is harder hustle. Cause at the crib, if I'm making if I'm building Hoop Mountain on the side with my three degrees and whatever else. I could be working a job that's fueling everything I need during the day to keep me from stressing out about how I can pay, whatever. But everybody, is, every country doesn't have the same government system or the same economy. It's not a capitalistic system here. It's bureaucracy. You got to get approval and pay those, those license fees to open up your own thing. So it kind of like takes out the opportunity for the have-nots, like in the state, to where if you can just dream you can go do your thing. Right. Nah, you need a dollar in a dream. <laughs> Maybe a few more than that. So it's like um, where we are right now, OG, right? You and I came here and, you know, you told me, oh, look, you just need two years. Help me, you know, get it off the ground. I need somebody I know. We're just going to train, do a little bit on the side with social media, and then boom, we good, right? You and I land here and... You know, immediately we find out, even though the technology and the buildings are grandiesque and everything is a beautiful business structure, business practices amongst people are like archaic, right? And there was no preparation for us when we got here, right? There's a few different reasons why, you know, no one person is to blame, but either way, we ain't, we weren't prepared because we didn't know, right? Um, and so when we got here, you know, we're in a whole different country, completely different country. And, you know, there are a lot of things OG will probably tell you that typically when you leave the States and you go somewhere out of the country, there's certain things already put in place for you. That's just for, just for accommodating you. That's to make things easier. So, but for Coach and I, we literally put a business plan in play and had to build it, right? And what I, and I think we mentioned this before, but what I want to reiterate is the two different places we are in in life. I just finished graduate school and I'm about to start my journey into building the empire I want, the legacy I want, right? You are at this space to where you're looking at end game, right? And so now both of us together are like, whew, how do we manage the energy? Because that's what it is now. Like how much energy do we have to give and you know, how much time? Because, you know, this type of project now to where we are, you know, part owners of it now, um, to where it's a three to five year, maybe a little bit longer to where we see real returns from it. And so our different approaches, how does that help us in this space? <laughs> man. <laughs> man, you got to practice patience, man. At this stage in my life, I'm not patient with a lot of people. I'm not patient with a lot of things. And if it weren't for me desiring to live in a place like Dubai and having brought you over here, I'd have been gone. Yeah. I, I mean, I just would have been gone just because I value my peace. And... um 
the thing that is that's kept me solid is the fact that everybody in my inner circle believes in this project most times more than I do. Hmm. And it, and it's not to say I don't believe in it. It's the fact that sometimes I know that in order to to get it where it needs to be, I got to do X amount of things. And and sometimes I question myself, like, do I want to do that again? Because of that PTSD, right? And you did it already. And that's tough. Um, and that's tough. And so, <clears throat> you know, every day there's a reminder of how tough, how much of an uphill battle it is. And it's whether it's meeting somebody new and, 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 and you know, getting their their ideas and thoughts of how a business should run or, mm-hmm. you know, or, or hearing and seeing someone else who is successful in terms of um, financial gain, but to what reason, mm. whether it was, you know, being here first, being the only, um, you know, just for whatever reasons, you know, it's not a situation where I'm like, uh, we're capable of doing that, but it's just, you know, do we have the right timing? Do we have the resources? You know, um, do we have the, you know, the right connections? Because you know, just like any place, it's a, it's a, a lot of, um, a lot of about connections. You know, the people you know, and uh, you know, I, I'll admit, I struggle with it a lot, mm-hmm. probably five times a week. No, listen, where, right. where I'm like, man, is this yeah. really what I want to do? Because I'm, I'm not in this just. Um, financially, you know, and, and here just to work and, and, and have a company. I'm in it emotionally. We're away from family. <laughs> like, we're away from, like, all of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Being here when my brother's pops died, being here when my, my younger brother had our uh, my niece, you know, like, like all of those different type of things. You know, being home, being here with the protests and all the extra stuff around the crib and I can't be there around moms, you know, that, that stuff wait, take a toll on me too, right? right? And then we look at the opportunity, right? Because we stay because we like, yo, this really has the opportunity to be way bigger than what anybody imagined. I remember saying that when we first, when I first got here and, you know, our um, franchisee owner was here and I remember saying like, this could be a multi-million dollar thing if 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 it's structured the way, you know, you guys are saying that it's structured and we go because, you know, the one thing that you need when you're going to start a business is clear vision and mission, right? But your product got to be pristine, right? Because a lot of people, just for sustainability, you can get some sales, you know what I'm saying, if you can market it well, but to, to sustain, be there, longevity, and eat, your product got to be the top notch. And we are the product, yep. right? And we know for sure right, that unmatched in this area of the world, period, as a combination, right? There may be some individuals that may have some things, but the combination of the two and the total package, we like, oh, man, it's, it's, not even, it's not even close. But one of the biggest things we face is the business practices here, which is something that I think is going to filter out as the country grows and more business uh, and debt people come. But what I've learned is, this is not something I've seen before. I didn't see it until I got here. But, you know, I always thought I just needed money to have a good business. But seeing, like, 
millionaires or whatever else or being around those places to where they got the money, but the business is, you just walk in like, whoa, like what is going on here? Like, how does this even sustain? And then, you, like you said, we get to talk to people and it's like, man, they don't understand. They can't see past that one dollar or that one dirham that they'll get in that one moment. That fleeting desire type of thing. It's gonna come now, but it's gonna it's gonna be gone, and you're not gonna have it coming back again because you didn't have vision or the business acumen to really understand that. And we sit and talk about that all the time, right? Yeah, it's you know, it's like I said, I I feel like you you don't have to necessarily go to business school for this stuff. Not you know, it, does it help? Yeah, it helps. But you know, there have been a lot of people who graduated from business school that. You know, just they're in the same boat I'm in, and or working or working for somebody that um, just took a risk. Yeah, you know, so it's you know, would you rather have, you know, a hundred dollars, you know, once a week, or sixty dollars, you know, for for the month? Yeah, you know? and it just is is some of the dealing with some of the people here. It's it's frustrating, and that's not to say just because we're here, because there's people people back home that. I used to deal with that frustrate me as well, but it's a balance though. I say here, the reason I, I guess I get frustrated because some of these things are in its infancy stage because it's so young. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, this is, it's a no brainer that if you do this, this is going to happen down the road. But if they've never been down that road before, they've never heard about that road. They don't, they just don't know. And they, and all they're seeing is other guys in the same lane that they're in being successful, doing the same thing. So, you know, you know how it gets. You know, people get um, stubborn in their ways and, yeah. and don't want to change. Well, this is when this is where because that's been a really big issue for us as we've you know we did what we had to do to keep the company afloat and now it's trying to expand it. You know, it's about growing. Now we have to collaborate, and what we're seeing is this is something that we've learned because you we not we got to pivot as you said. We've gotten to the space now to where we're looking for talent we can groom, yep. right? It's like, okay, we're not going to go there. Regardless of whether or not you're going to help us or not, we're still going to do it, right? But just like you said before, I don't need anybody that knows certain things because I already know it. I just need somebody I can trust that's reliable and that's consistent and that's going to work hard. Because just like with basketball, right, we had this talk with somebody, um, with, with, with a parent uh, in the backyard talk, and he was talking about how, you know, defense was the most important thing in, in basketball because he's a soccer guy, right? Football. Talked about the pitch. And we were talking about the fact that I can teach anybody off the street how to play defense. Right. And I can't teach anybody to do what KD does. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. So well, generally speaking now, we're like, okay, most people don't have the idea or the understanding of the business in the future but that's just what we're gonna deal with but because of what we've been through what we've learned through hoops we're like all right i can recognize somebody that can be a beneficial and being around us is something that they're going to benefit from not just financially but personally so we can work through this way so on top of that networking across sometimes if you already got the understanding of a skill and you can just teach somebody how to operate within your business way because coach does that tremendously Finding somebody that's going to fit our customer service temperament. 
Because that's our number one thing. We don't need you guys to be basketball savants, right? That's what he's here for. But dealing with people, that's the one that we got to have, right? And I feel like that's something you end up learning through those L's that you had to take to where it's like, nah. <laughs> I actually may have uh, started to learn that at T.C. Williams. Oh, man, let's not even talk. Uh, I, <laughs> I got, just, yeah. Choosing, coach, choosing coach. your co coaching staff, it's got to be somebody that's um, similar to you. Right. You know, I thought, it, you know, at first I thought it was somebody just, you know, somebody hungry and, and ambitious and, uh, you know, yearning for knowledge and, and want to get in the game. Not necessarily uh, the case all the time. And, you know, so you, it's it's difficult to cipher through, you know, certain people and, and, and getting the right fit. The problem is you don't have a lot of time. Yeah. It's always time. Yeah. Right. And so just to close out this segment, right. And these last couple questions and, and, you know, ideas and topics, right. There's something that it ends is kind of in a positive note and pushes us forward to where um, our business story is going to go, completes the lesson that we've been taught through business. And, you know, of course, we're in a different culture. So business is different here. You know, we're learning things here and they're growing. One thing that is always encouraging is the fact that it's always changing, changing quickly. And we're looking for growth. OK, um, but something that's important, and I'll let you definitely jump in on this, because you never give yourself credit for how smart you are. You always talk about, man, but being in a space to where people can be trained to manage businesses, people can be trained to analyze numbers, people can be trained to sit down and put things through an Excel sheet and be able to go through logistics and processes. Right. Because it doesn't take, you know, anything extra, but some rep repetition, just like basketball repetition to go here. Right. But a visionary, somebody that can put everybody in their place for them to do those logistical things and then understand that, hey, when they do these things, it's going to lead to this four or five years later. Right. So this is from kind of encouraging those people who. You know, you may listen to what people say and think you got to have this type of qualification and that type of qualification and all that other stuff. But, you know, the visionaries are the one that put those people who can manage their accounts in those places to create that dream for them. And to be a visionary, just you understanding what that end goal can look like and what those keystones and milestones up to there get to. Right. So I'll let you get in on that on. What has been like understanding the difference between somebody with real business acumen and uh, having a vision beyond tomorrow and just somebody who's fixated on numbers or analytics or just a momentary thing? For me, I believe the people that are um, just so fixated on hard numbers are people looking for a quick fix. Mm -hmm. This is not... This is not a business, much like just sports in general, it's not a business where there's a quick fix. You know, I equate this to the NBA. No matter how much money you have, doesn't guarantee you're gonna have a good team. Mm -hmm. Think about college football. No matter how much money you have for your recruiting budget, your coaching staff, if you don't have people in place that are involved with the program, 
or the business in more ways than just looking at the monetary value of it, you can struggle because they won't be able to manage the ups and downs and understand that it's going to come. We're on the right path. We have to stay disciplined. But if you're just looking at the hardcore numbers, it'll cause you to, it'll cause you to do things. It'll cause you to change up things that you've been, that you've put in place. That's going to be your guideline, you know, for moving the company forward, for moving the team pr- forward. And it, it causes you to question yourself or question other people a little too much. And, you know, we go through that sometimes where I, for me, I don't get into all that stuff. You know, I let, you know, certain people handle certain things, but but when it comes to the overall aspect in terms of how we're going to run the company, there's only one way to do it. Let's do it the right way. Yeah. It's a people-based business. Yeah. And if you don't treat people the right way, you don't have a great product where they have the best experience each time, you won't last long in this game. And if you dig deep, what Coach is saying is understand the business market you're in. Because if you want to be all about analytics, just sell a computer, sell a a product, sell just a a hard, inanimate product, and just go with that. Sell T-shirts, do those things. Because that's it. And even now with certain clothing lines, you can't sell clothes unless you have some type of connection with people as a lifestyle brand. But if you go sell a, a cutlery set, yeah. <laughs> go do those things. But you're going to be here where you're basing your success off of people spending their hard-earned money to give to you in a service that they don't have to have. Extracurriculars. Yeah, they don't have to have that. It got to be more than a, a transaction, right? Right. You got to be able to understand that. And it's not your customer, consumer's, client's job to make you money. When you get into this space, if you can only come in thinking of one way or one stream of income, that's your fault. Don't overcharge your customer because you can't think of how it's happened now. You just done the culture of this service. Right. Like, yes, we're going to give a discount here, here and here, because it's more important to us that you are here with us. Right. It's our job to figure out other ways to bring in some revenue to keep this going so you can keep going. Right. But that's the difference between somebody that really understands the vision and whole. Right. And so that leads me to my next thing, which I think is really, really, really important. And it's the perfect way for us to close out. Um. communities and how small businesses create, maintain, and kind of, they're like the glue, right? They're like that great role. They're they're Robert Ori of the team. How small businesses help maintain communities and, and, and build some type of culture within communities, right? Like, can you think back to you know, the neighborhoods that you grew up in or even where you went to college in to where there's some small corner stores, restaurants, shops that if everybody that lived in Baltimore during 95 and 2005, all of you, even if you met up in Chicago or wherever else, you'd be like, yo, you remember this spot? And they'd be like, yo, that's where blah, blah, blah was. As soon as you said college, I thought about um, a place in Philly called Little Pete's. Yeah. It was... um. It was a little diner, and everybody would go there after hours. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody, 
you know, all people from all types or, you know, walks of life and things like that. And uh, that was a, you didn't have, some people were well-dressed. Mm. Some people had on Sweat. shorts, sweats, you know, and uh, it was just a place where people would get together, talk, eat, and, you know, and just, just have a good time, you know, and, and talk about what they did earlier that night. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> you know, that's in a big city, mm. a little, just a little raggedy diner. Um, and, uh, it just gave people a sense of where they can just let their hair down and be themselves, you know? And, mm -hmm. and that's what a small, that's what a small business does supposed to do in a community where, you know, you can go in to see certain people, um, all the time and, and, and feel safe, uh, feel open to, to talk about certain things and, and just know that you're going to be able to go and get services and products that aren't going to be tampered with in terms of the, the concur commercial conglomerate conglomerate mm -hmm. of the world, you know, like, you know, it's not going to have this, you know, putting a target in the middle of a neighborhood is not going to have the same effect as, you know, uh, a mom and pop store. Mm -hmm. And you just can't, you just can't build the same type of community around it. It's like, you know, you, how many times have you seen people living in a building and there's a neighbor across the hall mm -hmm. to your right, to your left, and you don't know anybody's name. Right. You know, that's just. It's different. It's different, you know. And people people say, well, you know, that's, uh, you know, somebody living in the country or a small suburb or something. No, there were people in the city, cities back in the day that knew their neighbors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's that's Joe from, you know, room, you know, apartment 36A. But, you know, people just don't do that now because. Um, there isn't a real sense of community. And that's what we've been hearing here in terms of one of the issues some families had. And think about the short time we've been here in, in operation. Mm. We've started to grow that. Yeah. You know, and how do we know that? When families call me and say, can I get this family's number? Mm. Because we want to have a play date or we want to invite all the girls over from our kids' class for extra practice. Mm -hmm. That's music to our ears. Man. Yeah, that's the whole purpose. Or even when we get invited, or man. when we get the occasional gift, and it's like, man, I didn't even know that, you know, like you like being here that much, right? Like I didn't even know, you yeah. barely talked to us, but it's those it's those little things, right? And in a, in a place that's so transient, like Dubai, where people come and go, you know, expats come in for this and that. And this is a place where it's important like for the growth of the world going forward because it's so peaceful. It's right. it's a it's gonna be a tech hub and people are gonna want to live here. Right. And the biggest thing that we talk about is the basketball culture. The basketball culture helped us deal with all of those lessons we learned in business. Basketball culture helped us deal with all of those lessons we learned about dealing with people and different types of people, about learning and growing and stepping out of our comfort zone and helping somebody else and understanding how to be selfless and at times be selfish when you need to be. And so when we say our goal here is to build that authentic culture, it's because we haven't seen it and it hasn't been here. So small businesses are the keystone to that. And what we're doing here now, we think is, we know is in the right path of that. And um, we just had to, you know, let go and talk about how a lot of that frustration that goes within building is not going to go anywhere. And you really got to be built different and you don't have to, you know, uh, embark on those entrepreneurial things if you don't want to.
Um, but on a brighter note, let's uh I thought we had a different intro, man. Intro? I thought you said you had a new intro. Oh no, no, you you spilling the beans, big no. Yeah, I'm saying hey. you're talking crazy right now. This, you know, I don't I, know what you're talking about, man. Stop on, man. I, I stop telling you stuff. Your memory ain't that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know how we end it. Uh thank you guys again, as always, for tuning in. You know, you you small group of folks are showing us love, is keeping us going. You know, we're gonna figure it out how to get it up and above. Uh, we just need we might need Wallow and Gilly to show us throw us a shout out or, <laughs> or, or Gilbert Arenas or somebody to throw us on the on the thing. But um Chris Brickley did shout, did uh comment on one of our things though. Really? Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be little wins. It'd be little things I see people that I don't know, never seen that that comment and say, Y'all doing a good job to keep me going. Um, but you know, you know what it is. Post game wrap up. You know, let's knock it out the park. How you want to end it today, Big Dog? You know, um, based on what we just experienced with our our, our hoop star mm. final shootout of the uh, term, um, I want to just say uh, one word, and I'll you know describe in terms of what I'm talking about. Relax. <laughs> this is for parents, not only here, worldwide. Relax. Your kid is playing a sport that they may like or they may love. Okay. It is not the NBA finals. <laughs> it's not the college football playoffs. It's not the Super Bowl. They are playing a game to have fun at this age. Okay. To stay in shape. Okay. And just become more knowledgeable of the game. Whoever's coaching their, your kid, you have to make a decision. If you don't like them, you don't like the way they're coaching, then your decision is yours. Move your kid. But if your kid is going to stay there, allow someone else to take the reins for that one hour mm-hmm. or two hours or whatever it may be and lead your child. Mm-hmm. If you're there and you can observe a positive setting, let them go. Let them go. Don't confuse the kid. Their loyalties lie with their blood, their flesh and blood. Every time. But during that game, it's not just about them. It's about their team as a whole. So if you got something to say and it's, it goes in opposition to what the coach is saying, you're confusing that kid. You're frustrating that coach. You're frustrating those players. And just think about this. No matter what you may do in life, in terms of your career, I guarantee you that coach would not walk into your office and tell you how to do your job better than you know how to do your job. Mm -hmm. So how dare you tell that coach how to do his or her job? Relax. Listen, I don't even... That's real, man. That's... um... That's some humility right there. Yeah. We gotta really understand that. I'm a I'm gonna wrap it up with, with something real simple too. Uh take your time and get it right. And uh, and I think that's self-explanatory. Uh everybody has their own timeline, everybody has their own space into where it's gonna work for them. And you take your time and get it right, and you'll know when it's time. And when it's time, be fearless. 
right? Take your time, get it right, be fearless. And whatever happens, you can live with the result when you know it was on your own terms. So, you know, as we wrap it up, Bridging the Gap, Episode 7, that's a wrap. You know where to find us on all the socials. It'll be somewhere down here on the bottom. Uh, Hoop Mountain Dubai, Hoop Mountain DXB on Instagram, Hoop Mountain.ae online. Tap in, check in with us. Um, we only have one more episode before the new year. Uh, we're going to be planning some new things coming on in 2022. But as always, keep it real, keep it simple, keep going. <laughs>